Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of the DeFi Angle. This is the podcast where we have all DeFi innovators and builders to discuss all things DeFi. And today we have Julien Boutlou with us. Welcome Julien, we're so pumped to have you here. Hello, uh, thank you for having me. It's, uh, well, it's a great pleasure to be here. You're not one person that we would introduce because obviously you're a DeFi OG and an incredible builder in the space. You're the CEO and co-founder of State Capital Group where we have media, staking, liquid staking, all type of capabilities, but also one of the co-contributors of Curve. In my personal perspective, I would say you're a mathematician, developer, strategist, and investors, so many things. Um, what exactly do you do? Uh, yes, it's a, it's a good question. I, I, would, I would say my, my background is mathematics and physics. I did the uh, the normal French pass of someone being good in mathematics and physics, not necessarily good in languages. Then I moved to machine learning, what people today call AI. Uh, this was uh, back in 2008, 2009, when there was no libraries and you had to build everything yourself. And then I discovered a blockchain, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and I, I got into it. I, I was building different projects. And then when DeFi came out, uh, the opportunity cost of DeFi was way too high, so I also jumped into it. And it reminded me my kind of background of trading and mathematics. So that's why I got into it, and I built a few different products. Uh, Stake DAO, optimizer of liquidity, and also playing a, a, an important role in the space of meta governance. Uh, so lobbying of Blackpool, which is the uh, NFT hedge fund. So... We see NFT today as a gaming uh, environment, but it will get into uh, also in the DeFi space in uh, more traditional products. Uh, Rect News, uh, the leader in the uh, under, underground investigation type of things. And then we have State Capital. State Capital, it's um, a family office where we invest and we advise a few different projects such as Engo today. Uh, but uh, also we also have the Quant and the Quant is doing all, all type of DeFi activities from liquidations to market making, arbitrage in a few different protocols. So I would say that State Capital Group is a bunch of different companies from investing to educating and also building stuff. So myself, I was the founder of all those different projects in terms of the programming aspect. And then when we need to scale, need to hire more people, so obviously today my role is still, I will say like I still do like 10, 20%, maybe 20% of programming and building. And then now it's more about managing the different activities, which take a lot of time because it's a lot of different products. And people usually say, but how can you be involved in all those different things? Well, that's the tricky part. That's how can you jangle in a few different companies and making sure that this company are capturing market value and also solving a real problem in the DeFi space. Absolutely. That's an array of activities that is pretty impressive. And I've picked up of, on many things in what you said, from AI, which is a trending narrative at the moment, to more DeFi and crypto-related stuff. When you were mentioning bringing value, I'm thinking naturally the fact that we have been through a very violent bear market and so many things that happened and not sure we're out of it yet. What was the impact for you and your activity and how did you handle that? 
Honestly, yes, it was pretty savage. But as someone that has been in the space for more than 10 years now, before it was kind of randomly getting involved. And then after Ethereum, it was like proactively getting involved. I've seen many, many different cycles of bear and bull. When we're in bull market, people tend to forget that that's the reason why we build the music in Rekt, uh, Rekt News, which is called Ultra Volatile. What goes up must come down, meaning that in bull market, whatever the bull goes for and how far it goes, it will go down at some point because something happens in the market. And that's statistics and uh, it's uh, how the market is built and how the market behaves. So we were expecting a bear market. If you listen to a few podcasts before the bear market, I was talking about it. Not giving recommendations, but I was telling people that they should always hedge or de-risk the position because we never know what can happen in the market. I would say that the market was triggered by something that we couldn't expect, but activity of traditional financial actors that leverage decentralized financial products to accelerate their economic greediness. It's always the same. And those actors, they polluted and damaged uh, the DeFi environment. In a state capital group, like any DeFi project in the ecosystem, we lost quite significant amount of TVL, uh, total value lock inside those protocols. But we have been increasing the number of products that we have been able to ship because when the attention is focused on working and bringing value to this ecosystem, then it's less on speculative activity, which is nice. So in bear market, DeFi and, and society are always building more because they always think outside the box in order to find new alternative, find new type of products that can solve real world problem or DeFi uh, real world problems. So yeah, investment is the same. On the investment side, we've seen uh, capitalizations or a market value or project valuations going down by order of magnitude by one order of magnitude and sometime a couple of X. So yeah, it's, it's a good investment side if you have liquidity. Uh, on the building side, it's amazing because you have people more focused on building and providing value. So now today, it's the right time to get involved in the ecosystem to capture knowledge and being able to ship interesting products. Absolutely. A great time for building. And you were mentioning these new products. What type of announcement do you have in respect of products you are building right now? I'm thinking of StakeDAO, but also all the companies uh, within Stake Capital Group. Yeah, in uh, StakeDAO, took us, I would say, I was talking about it last year during summer, that those type of yield farming uh, products, they will disappear and the ecosystem was saying no because of high APY and people chasing the uh, inflationary type of protocol to get rewarded for providing liquidity. Well, guess what? They, they all, almost all disappeared. Uh, we have like Harvest Finance, like all those type of different things. Uh, they disappeared because they were not providing value. So for us, it took us like a year and a year and a half to find a real market fit. Uh, so we have created in less than six months and also fully uh, like in terms of security audits and uh, different protocols. So we created uh, a vote market, uh, which is a meta governance protocol that is now being used by all the major protocol in the ecosystem, Curve, Angle, Balancer, Account backs and all different things. And we also created liquid lockers. Liquid lockers are also uh, a type of product that can optimize treasury, uh, can do like treasury management and also optimizations of uh, liquidity, but in a quantitative algorithmic approach, meaning that we always use financial concept and 
quantitative analysis to drive the different decisions that we provide to the market. We're not into providing API based on reward tokens or inflationary type of concept, but in intrinsic value. So getting the value from auto market maker or lending platform or stablecoin protocol. This is the beauty of it. So when you receive the API, you understand that this API is not speculative. It's an intrinsic value of API. It's how uh, fees or profits you get from volatility market in such of uh, activity like market making or because you have a, a lending protocol that's paying above market rate because some people want to leverage or short an asset that they believe will not be a perfect fit for their portfolio. So that's what we're doing and it's been uh, pretty good. In Rec News, been investigating a few different protocols in the space. For example, over the past two years, I was, uh, I think Rec was the only one and we also did the interview with SBF, with Sam, uh, to say that what he was doing was dangerous. He was using the funds of FTX to empower and leverage the activity of Alameda Research because what we were seeing in the quant of state capital, we were seeing like FTX or Alameda, actually Alameda Research, having huge power execution in order of magnitude that could go like from 1 billion or like 100 million US dollars. This type of money, you don't get it from day one, you know, so you need to get it from somewhere. So I was talking to SBF in an interview I'd done with Vect and asking him where the money come from. This wasn't possible. And then we did an article and he sent uh, the famous sentence of uh, Yaks. Uh, this is a uh, bollocks mm. or something. This is bullshit. Well, guess what? A couple of days after uh, everything that we said in this research paper happened and there was a collapse of FTX and other research. So we have a good power execution in the REC side. Blackpool, we're also doing, we are the leader in a few different NFT verticals, for example, Sorare, which is the uh, uh, fantasy football game, a unicorn in Europe. We are managing all those different projects for Blackpool or Seda. We use the quantitative approach. So it's the team are mostly composed of data science, quant, and ex traditional financial uh, guys type of profile. Yeah, so we released this, and then on the quant side, we are accelerating since uh, all those hedge fund collapse, Alameda Research, Trio Capital, and also different projects. We are still standing. I think the reason is because we are stick to our values. We don't necessarily go the fastest. We are not the fastest one to go on the market, but slowly but surely, we are able to capture market shares. This is a good thing. This is great because my understanding of what you're saying is the quantitative aspect of what you're doing has given you several times and is still giving you a head start and in advance in understanding what's happening in the market and you know extracting that value for everyone that interacts with companies of the capital group. And in terms of meta governance, what are you seeing happening in the space right now? Because we know it's a subject that's very hot at the moment. You know, it'd be with, in respect with other big protocols in the space, Curve, Convex, or others. What is your general take on meta governance, and how do you see StakeDAO playing into that space? It's a, it's a good question. I have a lot of different takes on the, on this one, but a year and a half ago, I tweeted saying that lobbying and meta-governance would be more important than money. And this was before a curve was and the view to economics and people were laughing. They were saying that this doesn't make any sense because money is more important than anything. But the thing I was saying that not uh, as a random take, if you take a look to the society and how society is built with, for example, in Europe, you have the European commissions and you have the parliament. 
And those people that don't necessarily make the decisions, they sign the decisions, but the one making the decision are the lobbyists. For example, the GAFA or, or, or like any big companies, if they don't agree with a law that will pass in Europe, they will make pressure for a decision to happen. Otherwise, they say, okay, we remove this automaker company and we cut jobs by 10,000 in a specific region of Germany. So then Germany is incentivized or bribed to not vote for that specific law. So in the meta-governance, I would say that StakeDAO is now taking the lead. It took them a year to the project. So we slowly but surely and quickly built the visions. And this is also very important in protocols. A lot of different protocols always jump into the FOMO. But the FOMO, people jumping in FOMO, it means that they're already late by six months or a year. Because if the FOMO is happening, it means that people already are in advance and they're already driving the FOMO. So it's important that you always stick to the value and always stick to the vision that you believe will happen. So in this one, we believe in the meta-governance. We believe in the very, very tokenomics and now that's how we took control. This is like market share, this is business, and this is economic value. Having said that, is it good for the ecosystem to have liquid democracy or meta-governance on top of different protocols? Short term or medium term, this was the only solution, for example, in Curveside that was taken taken by some big actors and curve core team was always difficult for them or for like for us to make decisions so we need to decentralize the access to governance the only way to access to decentralize the access to governance is building competitors meta governance layers meta governance actors in a vertical way because if you're horizontal then people can just buy each other so you need people that don't actually like each other but they make decisions depending on their market position, segmentations in the market, and they can still communicate between them, help each other in order to decentralize the protocol. So that's what we have achieved. On a higher level, in the long-term process, having all those different meta-governance protocol, it means that you have control of the protocol and the line protocol, and then the core team is not necessarily the one that can always make decisions. So what we've seen over the past few months is, or like last year, it's actually the El Dorado or this kind of uh, vision of DAOs. DAOs being the future of this world, DAOs like the European Commission or Parliament or any go- country in the world should adopt DAO because DAO are beautiful and fantastic. What we realize as a society is like as a DeFi ecosystem, this is not true and this is very far away from being the reality. DAOs can bring some solution to, to the table, but they also bring a lot of complexity and a lot of shit show. Because then at the end, the people that are building the vision of the protocol and then the community, they are not necessarily incentivized for the vision of this product because the community is most of the time, or 90% of most people inside the community are incentivized by short-term profits and not long-term future of the visions. And this is why it's difficult. And that's the reason why now we've been saying less wording about DAOs and more about core team taking control of the protocol or like driving the vision of the protocol and trying to make less proposals on community side because they want to drive and they want to ship. It's better to have a full control of the protocol at the beginning and then slowly giving control of the community when the staff is already operating. So yeah, meta-governance is a huge topic. We don't have the answer, yes. And I think what we learned as a DeFi ecosystem is exactly what people in traditional finance or in politics have been learning for decades of centuries. And now we learned it ourselves in a small amount of time. 
but it was painful. But now we realize that no, this is not. This is going to help in the future, but this is not entirely the future. Yeah, yeah, totally understood. And I totally agree with what you're saying, because starting out a protocol, you have to have this significant influence in order to be able to, you know, put things in motion. But decentralizing and giving out that power as time goes by is necessary. But this is something we're collectively learning. And um, do you have, from your personal appreciation, an example of protocols who have been achieving this in a spectacular or at least commendable manner? Well, I'm probably biased, but I would say that the first protocol and the only protocol, and now maybe getting close of it, but Curve. Curve is actually the protocol that's fully decentralized, and that's what we said the Curve was. Ave, you still have Wales and, and a lot of big investors that are driving the decisions making in the protocol. In Curve, it's fully decentralized in the sense that's the reason why we add the Curve was a protocol like Convex, the Yearn, StakeDAO, competing to have access to the governance power of Curve, because if you have governance in Curve protocol, you can make whatever you want. Uh, everything that is being built on top of Curve, I mean, a ship and deployed on Curve need governance. So if you have the governance, you can deploy anything, you can make any type of decisions. That's why it's very important to decentralize and have multiple different actors in the meta governance. So for example, Stegao is the leader and our vision is to always follow what the core team of the protocol want to do. If, of course, they don't want to rug, but that's what we're trying to build. So we'll always find a threshold between economical value and future value of the, of, of the protocol. Because some protocol, some project, they will always focus on short-term economic value for their own community. It doesn't matter if they kill the project because for them, they just want to farm quickly and get the value uh, for themselves. For us, we're trying to find a threshold, a middle ground about trying to work for our community, bringing the best value for those different products, while still following the visions of those founders that are the best one to understand what's the best for now, short or medium term of the protocol. Of course. And um, I can't help but think, you know, when you talk about economic value, short-term and long-term vision, I can't help but think that you are speaking from the eyes and perspective of someone who is both well-versed on the technical aspects of things, but also financial since you're an investor. And now I'm going to ask you, what are the criteria, you know, apart from decentralization we were speaking about, what are the criteria you want to look for when you are considering a project, either for investing or just for the value that it can bring today to the DeFi space? Yeah, so as mentioned, the capital group is kind of, I would say that everyone tried to press their own search, but it's kind of unique in the sense that we'll never invest in something that we don't understand, even if we believe there's a huge economical value, so return of investment. And we only invest in things that we can use internally. So most of the things that we invest are pillars of DCD5, so protocol level, encryptions, zero knowledge proof, scalability, layer two solution, and other things. If it's a SaaS, so invoice, payments, OTC, on-ramp, it's something that we'll use ourselves, 100%. Otherwise, if we cannot use, then we are not the best one to understand how to advise or how to help those different protocols. That's what we do. So we invest, we educate, and we build. We invest in different products that we don't want to build ourselves. We educate and across different things. For example, we have Stegout, Stegout Academy. I think the Academy of Stegout is the biggest academy outside, both Binance Academy, for example. If you look at the content there, we have more than 150 different classes or like topics. 
Then we also try to educate, try to be completely agnostic and not driven by some people, like for example, on the media side, uh, wrecked news. You can see the leaderboard behind me. What we're trying is like, we'll dig into the information that we see on chain and we'll try to write something that is agnostic, that is not paid by someone else to do the work or some other media that get money to ship some influential type of, of, of value. That's what we do. So yeah, not sure what the second part of the question was. It, it was, what are the criteria that you are considering in, in investing? Yeah, yeah you were so saying... Then the, okay. Uh, so the third point was, uh, so we, we invest, we educate and we build. So we also build uh, different products, uh, different product, uh, as I mentioned before. And the main criteria for us to invest is the team. Finding ideas and building ideas in this space is really easy. Like I would say five or 8% of a project is the idea. That is the team. Uh, the team is the most important aspect of a project. It's, uh, is the team. So first the project is, is the project able, what's the problem that this project is trying to solve? What's the solution that they found to solve this problem? And then the third point, which is for me the most important is, is this team the best team? to solve this problem using that solution that they found out. And this is the most, uh, if you kill those two different points, then you make a great project. Of course. I'm going to jump back to what you were saying. You mentioned generating value, generating revenue, you know, when you create a project. And I was thinking of stable coins because obviously you are an investor in Angle, which is a protocol that has launched a Euro stable coin, Edu Euro. And we have seen an array of protocols announcing their stable coins lately, including Curve, specifically in respect to the stable coin that is going to be launched uh, by Curve. What can you tell us about the use cases that will come up and what will be uh, specific about that stable coin? Yeah, I would say with all the shit show that happened in the past, especially like all the different companies like Celsius and also the fact that people are hiding information in uh, Tether or in Coinbase or, or Gemini. Yeah, one side, I mean, we need those guys because they are working with the regulators. They are working, we're also working with the regulators, but we need centralized product. This is, there's no doubt. And the banking industry will not disappear. People tend to still DeFi and they draw those very nice images. Uh, banking will disappear and then DeFi will come and will be, no, no, no. I mean, what we're building at the moment is only understood and understable by one less than 1% of the population worldwide. So yes, because we understand the concept, we can use it ourselves, but someone that cannot even remember his password on Facebook won't use DeFi directly using a metaverse wallet. It doesn't make any sense. So banking will use this infrastructure. In a curve system, I think we'll see after the release of curve, we'll see a new type of waves of how stablecoin should behave in the sense of curve at the moment is the biggest auto market maker. Or you could compete and you could say also Uniswap is not too bad. But at the moment, in, in terms of before we were only stable coins, so we understand the market of stable coins. This was the only protocol in the ecosystem that was fully on top of curve, on top of stable coins. And then we went into crypto, especially with the crypto pool, and then now two assets pool type of things. The curve will be built on the, will be a first stable coin that built entirely on the auto market making protocol with huge liquidity and rebalancement 
automatically with the concept of liquidations uh, and directly built inside the protocol. So mathematically speaking, it would be always incentivized in the correct way without saying too much before it's released to always have the pool and the stable coin being stable. So that's why it's, it's very important. And, and I think a lot of different people by having the, the differences before the protocols were being built for themselves to get different assets or to get different LP tokens, and then they could meet uh, the stablecoin. Well, here, the pool of liquidity and the different pools inside Curve, they already exist, they're already there. Uh, and it's already trading a lot of volume, and it's already doing, uh, uh, yeah, because of the market can be volatile and a huge amount of profits. When you distribute three or five million US dollars per week, of net profit and traffic value, no speculative assets, just US dollars of trading, then you get into another level of, of, of type of stable coin because per week you have 3 million, 50 million, 150 million net profits that you can distribute back from trading to the activity of managing this, this auto market maker and leveraging this stable coin on the side. That's a new world. I think this curve stable coin will open a new world. Like we did two years ago with the release of Curve in the stablecoin market, but now it's jumping on the top, which is basically delivering a stablecoin based on a stablecoin protocol. So that's the beauty of it, and it's it's a unique, unique uh, approach. Yeah, it's amazing, and uh, it's the the type of uh, real yield that you were talking about, based on trading fees and not inflationary uh, systems that we know are not sustainable, and you know cannot help DeFi get further once, you know, crypto grows. But one question I have, you were mentioning regulations and uh, institutions in your previous answer. And is this getting closer to institutions, traditional finance and more traditional actors? Is this something that's in the curve roadmap? And what do you think about that? What is the, obviously something that is inevitable but what is the pathway you are seeing towards that? The goal of Curve is to be a protocol, an open source protocol that can be served or can serve the entire ecosystem of DeFi. And potentially, if centralized finance wants to use it, then they can use it. That's, I would say that will not, as an ecosystem, be able to get to the next level. But now we have one to two trillion US dollars capitalizations um, inside will not be able to get into the big room. People believe this is huge, but it's not huge compared to traditional finance. For example, the, uh, the Forex market, they do 3 trillion or between 3 and 6 trillion volume per day. Uh, this is huge. Uh, by order of magnitude, uh, two, three times bigger than what we have in, in decentralized finance. So I believe there's not a clash between DeFi and CeFi and this kind of people saying that uh, DeFi and CeFi guys are the best words ever. This is kind of bullshit. CFI will, if they want, not necessarily survive because they could always stop, but they want to accelerate the adoptions of, of financial products and also increase their profits, increase their market shares. They need at some point to use uh, decentralized finance. They need to have a, a common protocol. They need to be able to exchange money worldwide without borders and, with, and then also kill and destroy and eliminate the DevOps operations that can be considered sometimes 60 or 70% of the cost across the entire infrastructure. So at the moment, blockchain is the best way to exchange monetary value. It can be like a legal contract or it can be like money or it can be stablecoin. 
we've seen like Société Générale and we've seen other actors like issuing bonds or, or using Maker to be able to uh, get a loan or to send money really fast. If you look at Curve, for example, you can make using the synthetics uh, uh, virtual pool, uh, the, the synthetics asset, you can make um, 1,500 million swap uh, within a couple of minutes, like six or, or less than 10 minutes. Normally in traditional finance, it will take you months because you will need to have multilateral parties, you will need to have lawyers, you will need to have different banks involved in order for two different entities to make this swap uh, possible. Well, in Curve, you don't need. In Curve, it can be done in a couple of minutes. So the point is, centralized finance, they need to use DeFi in order for them to fix a lot of different issues that they have in their, in their world. We've seen it, FTX, Celsius, Trevor Capital. This is a failure of centralized uh, finance or traditional finance. This is not a failure of decentralized finance. And I was really clear at the beginning, it shocked a little bit of people. But I was saying those people failed because of the activity that they have been having for decades. But the transparency and the, the, the accessibility or whatever information you can find in DeFi makes, makes it more uh, strong. So we have, for example, this deputy of uh, European uh, person in, in uh, sitting in the parliament or somewhere saying that DeFi and we need to regulate DeFi. But actually, the first thing that they need to do is correctly regulate traditional financial activity because those guys, they were able to leverage assets that they first didn't have access to. Or secondly, they were stealing from retail. So it's important. I think we all need to work together. So I'm always uh, talking with regulators and, and politics in order for them to understand. The worst is to say, oh, we are the best and you guys should disappear and you're dinosaurs and we will disappear. No, it's not true. This is kind of bollocks. What you need to do is like tell them and explain the different problems that they're currently facing can be solved maybe, more, very likely, but not always the case, by the different product that we're building in DeFi. Coming back to Curve, yes, we're talking about a few different banks uh, in the world, but we don't create backdoor. We don't create any type of thing. If they want to use it, it's an open source protocol. They have to build it, integrate inside the Curve protocol. We won't build a special KYC type of pool because it's an open source protocol. It's an, everyone can have access. If they want to build something on top that can make sure AML and KYC, the liquidity is coming from a certain region in the world, yes, of course. And that's, that's the role, that's the mission. As a regulator, you need to make sure that you don't have bad activity from bad actors, but you are not the one that should innovate. Innovators and entrepreneurs are the ones that build value. Regulators are the ones that make sure the value that is being created is not badly allocated to some type of, of behaviors. So that's what we believe that is important, that we build an open source tool for the society to be used. Ideally, Curve, you shouldn't be aware that you're using Curve. Curve should be a protocol. It's like when you are internet, you use HTTP or HTTPS, you use SMTP for email, you use all the different protocols, but you don't actually understand that you're using them. Mm. They are used and known and also secure and understood by everyone that I want to build products on top. And that's exactly what we want to do. Uh, with Curve. Exactly. Well, you answered uh, my next question because the, the point I wanted to get to is not only working with these institutions and regulators, but even in terms of capturing new users and getting to the so-called mass adoption, you would want people to come to DeFi, but most of them might be uh, intimidated or just unable to use open source platforms and decentralized tools like Curve. So what you are telling me is 
Curve will stay very faithful to its original form of being an open source and decentralized platform. But isn't there any plan to build another platform or another front that can be more accessible and manageable for new users that will come up to the to the space? We built a new interface for Curve. Uh, but again, Curve is a protocol. And I think there's a misunderstanding in the ecosystem that people want to push normal people to use a protocol. If I go to use TikTok or Messenger, WhatsApp, people are not using those different apps because it's using the protocol of HTTP. <laughs> uh, because it's using like a certain protocol. This is kind of... Uh, no, they come because they want to uh, use it because they find there's a value for themselves to use. It's like if you use Revolut, uh, Revolut is super UX friendly. The UI is fantastic and it's fast and it's cheap. Like all those different things. In terms of DeFi and ecosystem, we need to focus on the value. We need to make sure that what we're bringing to this ecosystem is providing and solving problems. It's providing value and solving problems for people. And then people will use it. So that's the reason why a kind of protocol is a protocol. Now, because the ecosystem is an essence, is an essence ecosystem, we need to provide the UI for those people to be able to, to use it. Again, as I said, it's less than 1% of the population will work, probably 0.1%. So for now we're building because it's complex, but you have people outside, for example, StakeDAO, that are building interface to be able to use this protocol because this protocol is complex and should remain complex because at the end it's providing the best way to swap assets with the minimum slippage. And that's what you want. You want the value. The value of using Curve is you can exchange assets very fast and you can have the minimum seepage. If you were going to a Binance or another centralized exchange, you will pay a lot of fees. You probably have more volume, but you pay more fees. So that's what we want. We want the protocol to always stay the same type of fees, uh, four points basis of a type of thing that you get charged, but you get fast. That's what we do. And then we allow any mobile applications to build on top or any protocol to interface, for example, StakeDAO, Stake Capital, Engo, all those different protocols. And then at the top, you can build a UI. But of course, the, the community is nascent, so you need to drive, you need to tell them how to use these different products. Uh, but for us, we focus on the value. Ideally, I think if you had a curve and curve UI disappear in 10 years, I think that would mean that curve actually got massive success because the protocol will be used by everyone and the interface or UI can be accessible by any other uh, things. If you use Revolut and then at the end Revolut, when you swap asset, use Curve, the user doesn't actually need to, to know that it's using Curve behind the thing. But for Revolut, it makes sense because then they will make more money. Obviously, hopefully we'll get there. One last question on DEXs and maybe IMMs. You know, with what happens with FTX and you were mentioning Binance, we've seen a surge in decentralized platform for, for leverage trading. For you who were trading at the time, what do you think of these platforms of decentralized trading? And do you think they can eventually compete out-compete even centralized exchanges? Yes, good point. I would say that centralized exchanges at the moment, they are the best venue if you want to do trading activity and sometimes exchange huge amount of assets if you want, not necessarily the huge exchange of assets, for example, because Curve is the best, but I would say if you want to have the friendly vibe of the user interface, user 
experience of, of using WhatsApp or Evolute, then centralized exchanges are the best because you don't you don't need to understand which network, you don't need to understand the fees, you don't need to have Ethereum, you don't need to have all different type of things, uh, which are very difficult for normal users. I would say 99% of the user in DeFi, they don't want to get in, or in crypto, because uh, I would, it's a very two different world. In crypto, they don't want to get involved in it, and they shouldn't get involved in those type of things. So centralized exchange are providing value to the crypto industry. They're also getting people involved in, in the crypto or the blockchain world. They are using the same type of business model as the one that central uh, banking is operating. So charge a lot of fees and make people block from withdrawal if they want to. Those sneaky activities behind a backdoor, all the different things that they know the best to, to, to create and, and to operate. So it's only if DeFi become really easy to use. So and that's what I call the layer three. And now you have like some scalability, scalable uh, protocol that now take the this layer three concept. But for me, layer three is, uh, I use an app. I don't know which blockchain is using. I don't understand the, I don't need to understand the gas. I don't need to understand that I need a wallet, for example. You use the app as if you were using LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, completely transparent. If we achieve this, then there will be no point and no, no point to use centralized exchanges. Because by using those different products, for example, Angle or Curve, providing liquidity, you also capture a piece of the value of the protocol. So why will you go for something that is fully centralized? I think the concept of people saying, you teach them, you say, don't go to this product because it's centralized, no one cares. It's like, don't go to Facebook because Facebook is stealing your data. 99% of people, they don't give it, they don't care about this. What you need is like, oh, by the way, if you can use Binance or you can use Curve, but if you use Curve, you'll get money back. You will get value back. If you provide liquidity, if you trade there, then at the end, 100% of the value that is created on this protocol, it's like imagine if you create Binance, 100% of the profit that Binance is making will be distributed back to you. I mean, to the people that are using Binance. But this, this is not the case. Like Curve is the case, or in Angle, or in Aave, or in those different protocols, is the case. If you use the protocol, you get a piece of the cake. Completely different thing, completely different uh, way of thinking. It's a mindset shift, and uh, that is very easy for people to understand why they should choose uh, between a decentralized platform and a, and a centralized Yes, but at the moment when you make this kind of uh, statement, it's very complicated because it's, it's impossible for them to, to onboard, to jump into it. So now we are, yes, this is, a, this is a situation, but for you to come, I mean, try to bring someone from your family that have no concept, bare, minimum understanding of the internet, and even someone with good understanding of the internet, wallet, crypto, gas, blockchain, then you, you, get, you get them lost in a couple of minutes. And if we, don't, we cannot solve this, then we won't be able to move into the next step. Yeah, and it's interesting that you were mentioning layer threes. For you, what are the bricks that we are missing, essential bricks that we are missing to get to that optimal and ideal layer three? You were talking about, you know, very smooth, non-noticeable way to use DeFi and protocols as a backend. What are we missing to get to that layer three? And what, that question is obviously also inviting you to talk about layer twos if you want, because obviously I think this is a building block there. 
I would say that uh, wallet management is an important piece because at the moment people need to download different type of wallets. So if, for example, if you have Apple, Apple login or type of frame or type of thing like that, it's, it's uh, a no-brainer. So using your phone, you don't, you just log, create an account and you're already operating. And no concept of gas cost. So you don't pay ex extra transaction cost for doing activity on the app and also on, on an off-ramp. So you can, if you transfer 10 euros, you get 10 AG euro. You don't get 9.2. If you manage those three, so uh, onboarding, wallet, uh, off-ramp to crypto, and then uh, and then the other ones, you can uh, play activity on the app without changing blockchain, understanding the gas cost, then it's a game changer. Imagine you get into the app, I log in with my Apple login, I can uh, exchange money or I can deposit into Angle without actually understanding there is a blockchain or cryptocurrency behind the scene. I generate 10% uh, or 5% of my euros. If I want to leave, if I, if, if it's a 5% and I deposit 100, then I leave with 105 at the end of the year. Minus maybe some cost that I need to pay the app for operating. But that's the thing, because before, during the bull market, people were paying 100 US dollars for a transaction. They were depositing 10, year, 10, $10 and paying 100 dollars for a transaction. Now they have nothing left and they say, okay, this is shit. I don't understand. So that's what, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a clear, clear roadmap there. I'm going to wrap up by, you know, going back to Take Capital Group and the future that you are seeing for your group. Where do you see it in five or 10 years? What's your ambition for State Capital Group? Those different products, be one the leader in the NFT market. And this is not only gaming but uh, real estate for example or like uh, any sophisticated products swaps and, and bonds or type of thing traditional finance and that's what we want instead DAO become one of the largest treasury management or retail for optimizations of physicians in, in the group side also like keep operating the quant level uh, in investment so it's the three different verticals keep investing in many many different good teams that are able or will be able to solve problems and ship great value uh, to the CTAR system. So that's what we do. We mostly invest in pre-seed and seed. So that's why it requires a huge amount of energy and focus because we need to, on a weekly basis, help those teams uh, make the right uh, right decisions. Then we have Educate. We have built the uh, Stakedale Academy. We're now like scaling a school. We uh, are able to onboard this new wave of students that want to jump into that industrial revolutions. Uh, we have this, Rec News, being a part of it. We also have a, a Defined podcast. And then we have Build. So we keep shipping product ourselves. So we have a team of, uh, we have a number of different teams that are also uh, spinning off uh, different companies. Companies that we believe no one is actually involved and no one is the best position to do. A lot of people, we all have the same ideas. Uh, the solution is always pretty, kind of like, uh, kind of like similar, but instead of execution, are we the best team? If we believe we are the best team, then we launch something. For example, in the derivatives uh, market, At the moment I think there's a huge, uh, it's kind of the alpha, but a huge uh, window for those type of people that want to jump into the derivative market because you need to first be good at understanding traditional financial concepts. The worst is people that want to build something in DeFi, but have no, they don't understand how it works in traditional finance. How can you be the one that can solve and be the next uh, solution? If first you don't know how to reproduce the past one or to understand how to play and use the, the, the previous one. 
So we need to understand those concepts. I think we are the, some of the best team on the market to understand financial products. And we can also the best team to execute the thing that we want to build in the derivatives market. So that's a window, but you have many different things like liquid staking, we've also been involved. I was in the early days and uh, as a advisor and also uh, I created this light paper. The concept, I created the concept of uh, liquid staking. Uh, the concept, so now it's driven by Lido and, and uh, Frax, but we're also positioned to create our own. So many different things. Uh, what we need to focus on is to not get ourselves into the FOMO. So stick to the value, uh, slowly but surely uh, solve problems and don't listen to the noise. And also like keep uh, selling to reach the target. And uh, maybe we need to change a few times of direction, so pivot a little bit, but we stick to the value. As long as we believe that the thing that we're building will solve a problem and will bring value back to this ecosystem, then we should sell towards that goal. Absolutely. Bring value, stick to your value, solve problems, and don't listen to the noise. That's what I got here. Okay. Thank you very much, Julien. And, and now a few questions about you and basically your personal practice of crypto routine. When you wake up in the morning, what do you do? Do you check Twitter? What, what's your routine? Well, I mean, <laughs> people would probably say that when you ask this, they, they are the best at, at the routine. And, and if you have success, then you, you always, always tend to focus on the, on the good things that you do. I wouldn't say that I'm the best uh, in terms of like routine and in terms of finding the right balance. I've been uh, experiencing, facing different issues uh, in terms of like trying to disconnect, trying to take some time off, trying to not get into burnouts. Um, lately, I'm trying to sleep more. That's probably one of the past six months decisions because I was not really uh, sleeping a lot. And this is something that now it's important. So yes, I wake up, I try to uh, look at the stack of all the different things that I have. Uh, we have a lot of different uh, spin plannings. I do a quick catch up with the lead inside those different projects. Uh, I do a lot of stand-ups uh, per day, uh, three or four different stand-ups, try to recap with the different teams across different time zones. Yeah, try to understand the current uh, current state of the situation uh, across the, the group and, and then uh, kill some tickets uh, try mm -hmm. to close a, a few tickets a shit show if there is a shit show and then uh, understand what's happening in the space of the ecosystem but the issue in, the, in this ecosystem is a lot of different stuff happening so if you focus on what's happening then you never get yourself into doing anything uh, so you tell yourself, okay, I need to, I will spend maybe an hour, two hours on the news, on Twitter per day, but stick to that. And then at the end, you, you write down what you learned, what you want to accomplish for the next day and what you've done during the day. And then you continue. But this ecosystem, and this is very good for doing bear market. I've seen this ecosystem and I hope people will remember during the bull market, but it's important to take time off and, and uh, sleep. Yeah, 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 totally agree. And and what's your report, your relation with um, with social media and what's the one account on Twitter that you would advise us to follow? Well, um, social media and especially Twitter are a good representation of everything that a society can be bad at. Social media tend to focus the attention on influencers that are not necessarily building and providing value back to the, the space. And I think this is also what happened last year. We were putting some influencers at a good uh, status and those guys, they stole money a lot of the shit show that we had last year for example like sbf and andre Cranger and all those type of guys without mentioning the names 
collapsed the ecosystem. And they are responsible for everything that we have been experiencing. <coughs> the, not entirely responsible, but it's good. Uh, they are like a good percentage uh, responsible for everything that we add. Like, People uh, losing a lot of capital, investing in different projects that built that were built for rug pulling, uh, scams, and all different things. So, in terms of the, the problem, and we've seen this in TikTok. I tweet. I said TikTok is probably one of the most dangerous uh, company in, in our society uh, today. Uh, social media are dangerous, so we need to understand they are dangerous, uh, but they also uh, provide a huge amount of value if you know how to get rid of the noise. Now to can filter and sort out the information. Yes, so it's like um, make you always the keywords in blockchain industry. Uh, don't trust verify any type of information. It's not because someone said it. It's not because like a huge influencer said something that this is true. Sometimes this guy is driven by his own agenda, and it's actually mostly the case. Most of the time, it's actually the case. Uh, so listen watch filter the information and also don't trust but always uh, verify if there is an account i have multiple different accounts uh, that you can follow i would say the, the projects account so curves take down ranked and then blackpool this is easy i'm biased then outside i like the audit account people like uh, writing quantitative analysis uh, so you have a few of them uh, in the industry they tend to shuffle that's something i said before before I was myself doing it, and it's required a lot of time resourcing, and you don't sleep much. And, stuff. and then it was taken by other people like Banteg and then Samsung, and then all the different things changing. Follow those guys. They always, because they are the ones spending the time and the energy and not sleeping. Uh, so follow the new one. I think now it's Pexec. Um, it will, it takes like, now it was Muj, um, now the, the CTO of uh, Polygon, the guy responsible, Murat Mujat. I was there, it was six months ago, and now we have new ones. So follow them. It's a good way to understand what's going on. And obviously, of course, like Rekt. I don't have one account. And I tried, again, as mentioned before, because I don't want to get into this influential uh, type of thing. So I think you need to listen to multiple different accounts, but one that are not selling you anything. The one that are selling you anything is probably a red flag. Yeah. Solid advice to follow Rekt and audit accounts. And... Um... To, to wrap it up now, who would you want to see next on this podcast? Well, uh, I would say Engel, but you guys are driving the, the podcast. So <laughs> Pablo from Engel was a, a good guess. We could get uh, Michael from Curve. Right. Or, uh, we have a few different guys. Um, let me think. Maybe like Nested Protocol, Rudy, or maybe people that are building, um, uh, providing value. We have, uh, or you already have uh, Ave. Maybe Curve could be the next. We have maybe another stable coin. Maybe it makes sense for, for him go. I, I can make a few suggestions and send it. Uh, via... <laughs> great, great. That would be great. Amazing. I, I've not nested and Michael from Curve. That's already amazing. Um, thank you very much, Julien, uh, for, for being on the podcast. And uh, it was great having you and discussing what you do as Tech Capital Group and your views on the space. Thank you and speak soon. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a great and a great job, Marianne. And uh, you guys, please uh, keep up the great work at Angle, uh, which is one of my favorite uh, team. And you see it again, getting back into how I choose profit. I always <laughs> look at the team and then normally they should be able to ship great value and solve a lot of problems. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. Speak soon. 